I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello guys, welcome to this week's episode of Heavy Metal Tones with me, your podcast host, Tony Evans. I hope you've had a, a good week, um, a positive week, and uh, are doing well. Um, always well in Shay Evans' household here, which is good. Um, I had to take a little, little cat to the vet this morning, little Phoebes, to have her injections as she gets every three months. Um, it's always traumatic, uh, but you know, when you come home and she's sleeping in the basket, you can just put some heavy metal on and away you go. Um, all is well in the world. Um, so, this week's episode is a little bit different to normal. Um, uh, you know, I'm not doing an album review this week. Uh, I'm going to do, as you can see in the description, if you clicked on it, it's called Shuffle Madness. Okay, um, I was having a a conversation with a work colleague about um, uh, how you know albums, our bands spend a lot of time um, working out the running order of their albums, and you know, it used to be a bit of an art form, and um, and she was saying that she doesn't listen to albums anymore, just singles or single tracks off albums on Spotify and, and iTunes and all those sort of places like we do. And it got to me to thinking, uh, how would I feel if I shuffled an album that I know, you know, almost in my sleep, the the running order, okay? And it's interesting, this is a very interesting socio-economic, uh, socio, um, so what's the right word? Um, it's, just a, it's just a very interesting uh, experiment, that's probably the right word, hang on. Um, because about, uh, of course, age groups, because when I put up on the post that I was going to do this, my younger listeners were like, um, particularly Benji's, like, oh, that's all I do, I just shuffle the albums, I don't listen to them in order. Um, and then I've got friends of mine that are older, like Millsy and, and John, and they're like, oh, no, no, it's sacrilege, sacrilege, sacrilegious? It's sacrilege um, to do that. And I, I'm sort of on the the older person's, being an older person, I'm sort of sitting on the older person's side of the fence, uh, other than the younger person's side. And um, I thought, okay, I'll dive into this a little bit. And I watched... Um, because I wanted to know what where this would happen. Of course, if you think about it, we've all done it um, at one time or another because we've made mixtapes for significant others, right? For girlfriends, boyfriends, you know, whatever. We've made mixtapes. You know, in the old days, you would... Um, and this is... For my younger listeners, this is something that we used to do before you could just rip and burn a CD. You would you get a blank... C60 or C90, you know, if you really love them, a C120. Um, uh, 60 and 90 and 120 is, is the running times, how many minutes on a cassette. And you would sit there in front of your record deck uh, and or your tape to tape uh, and you would play, record and press, press play and press record at the same time. And you had to be there with it and you had to stop it and pause it to put the next single on or another from the album. And in theory, sometimes you would have a couple of albums off the same record. And so we sort of were mucking around with lineups, 
you know, uh, sort of running orders um, in a sort of, you know, not a whole album, but we were doing it, you know, so it's something we used to do. And I was sort of, I watched a, um, I found a documentary on the History Channel um, called The MP3 and the Death of Music, which is really interesting, okay? It was basically about how the MP3 was invented in 82, then sort of took off in about 86, and then Napster comes in and, you know, the, the Metallica sue Napster and eventually they bring Napster down, but there are, you know, tenfold copy um, sites, you know, peer-to-peer like Shazam and Kazar and all these sort of, you know, LimeWire. Um, and I, I never used them. I think I maybe used LimeWire once and I felt really dirty, so I stopped using it. I literally couldn't do it. Could bring myself to do it. Um, I worked with a guy that would never buy music and he's a musician he would never buy music because he said why would I do to do it these guys are millionaires and it just used to make me very very angry um, of course you know you can sort of you can scream at millennials that they're not necessarily going to listen to you um, anyway I mean that's I'm not I'm sorry I don't mean to I'm not going to tar all millennials with the same brush because they're not all the same but there's a, there's a, there is a certain type you know who just want everything for free which makes no sense to me you know anyway that's a different a different story but so watching this documentary and um it was very good because it became in very much in line with what i'm about to talk to you about so apple music come along and steve jobs took sony music and all the big labels into a room and sat them for two hours with it with them and showed them itunes and explained to them that they were going to sell each track off every album for $1 each. So you could buy the album, we could buy any track off the album for that $1. And there was a lot of outrage, you know, uproar and outrage because you bought um, albums, uh, you bought albums as a package, right? Um, and so you say, and the classic, the, the example they give was Vanilla Ice. So I, I, most of us can probably only name one Vanilla Ice song. And you know that because whoever bought that album, God forbid, some, someone did. I mean, he sold $170 million worth of units in the album units alone just to get the single off the album. Uh, if as soon as you say, oh, well, you can just buy the single off the album for a dollar on our website, the albums would crash, right? And just fall apart. You just can buy the single. Now, I got to thinking last night, um, does this mean, does this alter the way that bands put their tracks on albums? Does it matter anymore? Um, and because if, if people are consuming music um, digitally 90% of the time now, would it not be the case that why would you sit down as a band and spend hours and hours working out which one went on next, which goes before when some hairy hipster doofus is just going to sit there and you know just either press shuffle or just pick one song and you know in different orders you know I mean this you could, I know you're looking at me probably rolling rising but yes but we but on a CD you can skip to a different track or on a record you can put in a different groove or tape you can fast forward it yeah you can do that but it takes effort and sometimes you just go nah, I'll just I'll, you know I listen to what it is now. I know on CDs there was a shuffle option. Um, very rarely did we really use it, though. I don't think, well, not in my memory anyway. But so, so does it make a difference? Um, would a band, you know, think differently? Um, and I, I choose to think that if you have an ounce or modicum of, of self-belief and understanding, that you wouldn't care. You would still put it out in the way you want to put it out because you need to show the world. Um, you need to. The world needs to hear your story and your sound, right? It needs to hear the way you want it to be released. Um, a good example of this is Merillion's. Um, makes me think about this all the time. It's Merillion's um, brilliant uh, um, second to last album, Clutching at Straws. Second to last with Fisher, should say. Um, I think they're sort of dark masterwork, and I know that album inside and out okay i do i know it word for word beat for beat note for note now 
good friend John, who I've mentioned before on the podcast, John, he came to me a little bit later in life, a couple of years ago, and he's listening to Clutching at Straws. Now, this is the one problem I have with this little, little um, how do I say it? this little challenge I put out to the world that shuffle an album you know, because most albums on streaming platforms now are extended remasters. You can very find, very hardly find an original print because you put on an extended one, press shuffle, and suddenly you've got a demo come up that you'd never heard before, or a live track that wasn't there before, and it sort of defeats the object of the of the what I was asking us to do. So anyway, back to John. So there's a particular track that comes in at around about six, I think, in the middle of the album, that was a B-side to the single Incommunicado, which is going under. And I absolutely, viscerally hate that song. I don't know what it is. I love all Marillion, but that... Well, when I say all Marillion, I love all fish here in Marillion. Um, I just... Oh, it hurts. It's in the wrong part of the album. It's what's it doing there? Obviously, when they remastered it and reissued it, they must have the band must have wanted it originally. But with um, the limitation on what you can get on a CD, running times, and so on, they took it out. It's so for me orally disjoint, disjoining. I have to skip it. Oh, in fact, I have known to delete it off the um, the, the track off of, off the download that from Spotify. If I listen to it on Spotify. Um, so, you know, it, it's interesting uh, um, to think that bands out there, you know, that was their vision. They wanted that vision. But because I was so used to, you know, spent my mis- misforgotten youth, you know, trundling around the back streets of North London listening to Clutching at Straws on my brother's secondhand Sony Walkman, um, with a broken, I remember we had a broken ear. I only had got one ear, it was coming through on the right side, which is okay because it comes through the left side. I can't hear a bloody thing on it uh, properly anyway because my hearing's getting naffed in my left ear. Um, it always has been from, from early on as a child, actually. But so, you know, it, it, it sort of it hurt a little bit. So I was wondering, so I was a bit concerned how I was going to go forward um, listening to these three albums I set myself. Um, I hope you've got three albums and you've done it. I'm interesting to, to hear what you say. I mean, I talked to Benji last night over drinks, and um, it never bothers him. He just shuffles everything, and it doesn't really matter. I suppose it, it would matter if, like me, um, sorry, you can hear the bikes in the background. Um, it would be like if it was like me who just do who does listen to a lot of conceptual albums. Um, and that's a bit of a giveaway for the second part of the show. Um, it can be very disjointed, I suppose. But then also, I did challenge myself um, with albums that were not conceptual to see what would, if I would find it interesting or not. Um, anyway, so three albums. The three albums I've chosen are uh, Iron Maiden's Power Slave. Marillion's misplaced childhood, and Killing Joke's, you know, first album, Killing Joke, um, and I got some really interesting. I had to do it. See, to do this, I think to, to get anything out of this little little um, experiment, you have to do it more than once for each album because you want to see does the shuffle change. If I shuffled it a couple of times, so it was really nice. I got to listen to my three of my favorite albums. In all the world, um, uh, shuffled a few times, and so I got to spend time with it more than I normally would, and I don't normally give it these time. I don't have the time these days with particular albums, so it was really good to do. Um, I know that with um, Iron Maiden, it their they their running order is always relatively the same. You have an epic opener, some you know, heroics in the middle and a really big epic ending. Uh, Marillion, because Misplaced Child is, is a concept album, interesting, when I first saw Fish, he, play, he played the first, uh, maybe the first side of the album, Misplaced Child, when I was a teenager, and I remember him saying in an interview that he had a new album out, which was Misplaced Childhood, and it had two tracks. And I was like, oh, what's this? And he goes, side one and side two. 
So it's, you can imagine how difficult it is to, to shuffle that one, right? Killing Joke again, also being like the sort of um, pioneering uh, industrial post-punk monsters that they are, that album as well is another interesting one. It's not a concept album, but I know it so well uh, that it's very. it was a really weird um, outcome for me. And again, we'll go over that when we get to the side. Just having some more tea, sorry guys. Um, but before we move on, I just like you know, I'm I'm now I've decided to embrace the modern world, people. I've gone into TikTok. I didn't want to go down TikTok route. I don't watch TikToks. So I'm not interested in looking at them. But I'm using them to promote the um, the the show. So you know, if you listeners want to jump on and and um, just like if you're on TikTok and just like it, I'm going to try and do sort of one once a week maybe twice a week um recording day post recording day um or things that pop up it's just a little bit um i mean i, I can barely understand instagram um i'm all right with facebook so i get my head around that a bit but yeah if you want to jump on like it um get lots of likes it might help it might help spread the word of the show you know might uh, you might you might even see my lovely face every now and again if you were lucky, I'm also um, I'm also in line to interview Devon Townsend soon, which will be interesting. Uh, Heavy Devi, uh, he's a crazy dude. Um, a bit nervous about that. I had, uh, well, I'm always nervous, but I think it will be pretty pretty interesting stuff. Um, we're coming into uh, a heavy period of. Um, Concerts all coming up, all starting to clag together. I haven't been home for the last at night for the last week and a bit with all stuff going on. So I'll probably I won't talk about it now, but we'll leave that for some future shows. But uh, our next one coming up, I think, is Skeletal Remains, the US band. Uh, they're going to play at the basement in November. Oh no, no, no! Sorry, uh, week after next, like we've got um, we've got the brilliant Sydney thrash band. Um, Uh, um, Flaming Wreckage they're great guys great artwork really fun music I'll be talking about those uh, so I might even do a, a, album, a band review and a quick sort of Sydney side thrash scene um, deep dive as well that might be fun anyway I'm about to uh, go and warm my tea up uh, slightly shorter episode this week because um sorry i'm so tired like i had so much on and um this morning with little Phoebe, she just did very stressed and it just yeah i'm a little bit tired so i might sort of we might squeeze this a little bit i don't know the second half might go on i might end up who knows what's gonna happen and you know in a few minutes when i sit back down with my tea but um uh about to go and do that now so i'll talk to you on the other side guys enjoy the adverts bye for now 
quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. back guys um fresh tea fresh mind might go a bit longer sorry about that i don't mean to bring the vibe down at the end of the episode there um so as i mentioned before it's just shuffle 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 okay uh look uh i said at the beginning of the show and i, I stand by it. i really can't stand it i i, I, I can't uh, it, well, it's like for me what it's like reading the back of the book the middle of the book and then the end of the book you know, it's like me looking at your end of your comic to see if Superman wins or not. It's like fast-forwarding the end of a, uh, you know, knowing the punchline before you have heard the joke. You know, whatever way you want to wrap it in whatever, you know, um, sort of fancy um, imagery. It's all the same. I think if if I was to write an album and I, would, and, and I wrote, you know, as a band, we wrote 12 songs. We spent ages whittling down the songs. Uh, and then I found out some, you know, someone had just gone shuffle. But I don't know. Look, I mean, is it good, guys? I mean, you tell me. I mean, is it is it a positive thing? Are, are people are people consuming their music in a way that they like to hear it? They're in, so they're creating it, the sound they want to hear, or should they be dictated by the bands, the record companies? And and that should be we should be able to, we should we should remove the shuffle option. I reckon, you know what, if I was, no, if I was good enough to have an album released on Spotify that, and I and I would go to Spotify and I was a big band, I'd say, could you disable Shuffle for my album, please? I wonder if you could do that. That'd be pretty fascinating, wouldn't it? Um, you know, imagine sort of like Iron Maiden going, look, guys, um, I don't want this album shuffled. This, this is too important. It has to be played the way it is. You know? I don't know. I don't know. I sort of make me feel it makes me feel a bit old when I uh, I feel a bit old sometimes when I say that I think it you know we shouldn't. Sorry, I was, I was miles away from the mic then, so I've changed the sound. Um, um, I don't know whether it makes me feel old or I feel old by saying it. Of course, I am older, but I don't. And and there are probably young people out there that feel the same way. But I think because I'm such a um, audio person such as I hate the word audiophile because it just makes me sound like old men in rooms with you know big beards and thick rimmed glasses and you know talking about you know where to stand in your room to get the best sound I mean it's just you know I don't want to be that person I just but I do understand that person right because a bit of me in my soul is that person uh, but also I want to part I want to partake and enjoy the music the way I do I think if, if I was to shuffle an album intensely now, it would be to make a mixtape again. It's probably the only time I'd do it. But, so, three albums I chose. I already mentioned before. The first one was a Misplaced Childhood by Marillion. So, 1985, Misplaced Childhood's seminal and um, greatest... It's probably the greatest, it, is probably, it is the greatest neo-progressive rock album of all of them and then that's a big mouthful of wankiness but it means that it's a um it's a modern progressive album that's not made in between 1972 and 1974 you know 76 sorry um it's a it's a modern 80s prog album that isn't made by the old dinosaurs consider you know that, that people think they were um and it is a single piece of music that does float from A to B, it do, did have several singles off of it. It had 
you know, Kaylee, Lavender, Heart of Midlothian, um, you know, it had it had those singles. Uh, but doesn't mean that it's a singles album. I don't really know how they managed to chop those songs out to make singles. Sort of with Kaylee, I can see it. Uh, they got to number two in the charts. Um, the album got to number one. Um, Lavender again you can sort of because it's based on a, on a nursery rhyme you can sort of make it a single Heart Mythlodion was you know again you know sort of single-ish but I put the shuffle on let me see and you know it, it, it didn't start where it's meant to start with this sort of um, this sort of wondrous sort of um tom um tom tom rolling floor toms you know atmosphere and it it uh in pseudo silk kimono um it sort of just comes straight into um windswept thumb espresso bongo which is like part of a little suite in the middle and it, it was quite jar. It, I mean, I have to say, it was so jarring that I was on the way to work. I thought I'd listen to it on the bus on the way to work. I'm forced to listen to it in that spot now. Here we go. And um, I really... Uh, to say that I had a physical reaction to it is an understatement. I felt really uneasy. My hair... My hackles went up, my skin felt... I just couldn't... I couldn't get it. And I had to... And I'm sorry, I'm going to say this. I had to press the shuffle button. I had to move it on because it was just didn't work. It was just really strange. And no way I twisted that album, no way I, I pumped it out, it all came out the same way. Nothing really felt correct. You know, because, because the music's designed to flow, even though it's cut into tracks because of the iTunes phenomena, which is what it is. Um, although, yeah, it is the iTunes phenomena, because on a record, you wouldn't choose to move that record, the, the track, we just let it flow through, but on, you know, it's digital, you can just move it around. And it, I had to try and, it took me about four attempts to get, to get the album to flow for me and I had to I wrote the I wrote the now I don't know if any of you are um, Meridian fans you probably are not some of you might be um, I will tell you that the, the um, let me just turn the volume down because I need my phone because I make notes on my phone I'll tell you the the lineup, the set light that I got um, that I felt the most happiest with okay Again, this is the, 19, the 2017 remaster. I was going to do it with the, the last year's or the year before's reissue, but I'm going to go with the 2017 remaster because it's got the live stuff on it. But So, the original set lineup, um, oh, sorry, running order, is Pseudo Silk Kimono, Kaylee, Lavender, Bittersweet, Brief Encounter on the Last Weekend, Heart of Lothian, Waterhole, Expresso Bongo, Lords of the Backstage, Blind Curve, um, Childhood's End, White Feather. Right, and I found that I could basically cope if the two singles came through first, which was Kaylee and Lavender, then followed by Waterhole, Laws of the Backstage, Pseudo Silk Kimono. That was jarring because it's really hard because at the beginning of this album, um, Blind Curve, Childhood's End, Bittersweet, and then I could really only managed to enjoy it if, if I managed to get the rhythm to end where it finally finished on White Feather um, the story I mean those who don't know the album it's basically about um, a, a young man's um, desperate attempt to discover, rediscover his childhood uh, through lost love and um, poetry and music okay um, and it's very lyrical it's very thick with um, as a viscosity to it, it's very thick, with texture and musical interludes, so it's very difficult to break up. So that's the only way I could get that to work. 
Um, and I think it, what you should do if you're going to try this as a home, if you haven't done this yet, is get an album that does act like we all have albums in our collection or in our consciousness that you can't play out of order. I did think of doing Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds. That one would be very odd. I think that probably, because it's a story, could that's an obvious story, could be really difficult. I was going to do The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, the greatest progressive rock album ever made. But that one, again, that's a, because it's a double album, that's a lot of tracks to shuffle. And I don't know. And I'm sorry, guys, I love you all of you dearly, but I don't think I could ruin that a precious an album for me. And it it sort of did at Misplaced Childhood to some extent, sort of not ruined it, but it it put me off listening to it. Um, so there's a there's a good a good obvious sign there of um, of how a shuffle can not work on certain pieces of music. I'm sure that classical music um, albums that are broken up into suites and so on would also be the case. Um, I have a friend Jeff who is a composer. Uh, he listens to the show now and again. Um, he writes beautiful pieces of music. If I'm sure, if I press shuffle on his, it would just end up being it would it lose its direction. And 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 I know I hear you screaming, but it's pop music and rock music. It doesn't need direction, but it does, doesn't it? It does. You don't eat. Um, well, you might not. I don't. I don't eat my pudding, then my soup, and then some bread, and then my mains. And you know, you know, I, I try to follow things textually and f- with flavor to to layer you know you know that's why you have a, an aperitif and then a, a good glass of wine and you follow wines with food if you want to do that kind of thing it's a it, there's a reason you do it you know and i'm feeling that's the same with some of this stuff really it shuffling is almost like the audio audio the modern audio fast food society you know it's sort of um not bothered with the content, just with the outcome. If you know what I mean, does that make sense? Without me sounding old, um, so that that doesn't work. So I decided that progressive rock albums cannot be shuffled. Uh, they cannot be shuffled. It, it is just it, particularly as they are mainly long, sometimes overblown, but long um, pieces of of audio uh, and storytelling that needs to be in the way it was written because the, the band wants to tell you the story that's coming on. Second one that I did was Iron Maiden's Power Slave. Now, I really wanted to find an album that I probably could listen to in any order. I thought I needed to find an album that, that if I shuffled it, um, I'd get... Um, I get the outcome I want, right? Or an outcome that could that would not change the way I think about the album. Now, I chose the 19, 2015 remaster. Not that it makes any difference to the lineup. There is a few extra things that, like, the, the, it's mainly the sound. It's the closest I could get without all the extras on, without all the lives and the, you know, I have to give you nine hours of content um, because you won't can't. You want more and more for your money. Um, this is the 1984 um, Maiden album. Those that don't know it, it is the, it's my favorite, not my favorite, my favorite Maiden album is actually um, Peace of Mind. I chickened out slightly not doing um, Peace of Mind. Again, it was sort of like, even though I love Power Slave to bits, Power Slave has more anthemic moments that you know live. You know when you listen to the album how it, it trickle, how it goes from one to the other. So the opening um, for Power Slave, the album lineup running time is you have Aces High, Two Minutes to Midnight, Lost for Words. That's the big aura. That's the the um, the the um, the um. God, I'm going blank. You know what I mean? It's got no words in it. You know what I mean? Instrumental. <laughs> Um, Flash, of, Flash of the Blade, The Duelist, Back in the Village, Power Slave, Rhyming the Ancient Mariner. Now, you know what, how I feel about Rhyming the Ancient Mariner, the greatest heavy metal song ever made. It ends one of the, on a titan of the genre of the 
I don't know whether Iron Maiden were Nawabum by Time Power Slave came along. I think they had engulfed and surpassed the subgenre that they helped create at this particular point. I think at this point they were Iron Maiden and they were just heavy, they were heavy metal, but they weren't Nawabum. Uh, that's new wave of British heavy metal for you new to first time listeners. So I hit the shuffle, and what did I get? I'll tell you, let me just turn my volume down so I can, because I kept the shuffle list. Okay, I got Flash of the Blade first, all right, which is good. It's a fast opening track, it's a lot of pace. Uh, it, it opened any other album, you'd, you'd be, oh, okay, oh god, that's really pretty okay. But when you think about how Ace is high, is such a, um, it's such a brilliant opening song because you've got two tracks, one after the other, Ace is High and Two Minutes to Midnight, both all um, war-themed, pilot, you know, uh, 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 fighter pilots, and um, you know, it, it's it's fast, it's aggressive, and the the drum roll you get through with the the Nico put that rolls out um, at the beginning. And then, of course, into your classic sing-along, two minutes to midnight. It's almost, it's almost. You, it feels like it feels like sinful to to to, to shuffle this particular song. Um, but you know, I I did it, and I thought, okay, let's go. Then I got the Duelist. Um, not my favorite album, song on the album, uh, by no means. Of course, it is very much a um, Bruce song, being him and his, you know, um, love for. Um, sword fighting and epées and um, you know um, all that sort of stuff I fencing's the right word um, I yeah I was like okay if this was an hour, if I bought this album this is how the running time how it run I'd, I'd be like I don't know if it's as good as it was um, and, and we can then Power Slave comes in at three now you know if you think about how Power Slave is usually just before um, just before Roman Ancient Mariner, right? And the reason that Power Slave is so good the way it is, is it's so epic, and you think, how more epic can I get? And then suddenly, bang, you're in Roman Ancient Mariner, right? So it sort of feels disjointed in that respect. And then we go lost for, go lost for Words. Lost for Words is a typical maiden trope. You know, they you know need to film an album, got some music, don't have a lyric... Something we can just, you know, I think, you know, Steve, so let's, let's just, just open up our shoulders and, and our finger, loosen our fingers off and just have a nice bit of gallop without having to worry about <clears throat> lyric covering it with a lyric. Um, well, maybe also a time in the set for, for, for uh, you know, um, Bruce to do a costume change. Who knows? Um, and then we end up, with, then we have Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Now, Rhyme the Ancient Mariner should end the album. I shuffled this three times. Twice I got Rhyme the Ancient Mariner as the opening track. It is impossible to open an album with an album track like Rhyme the Ancient Mariner because where do you go from there? It is impossible. It has to end the album. It's got to be at the end. It's got to be so... You're you're, you're taken to a crescendo of almost orgasmic sort of point you know that point of no return um and then bash you know and you're over and done with and you're lying there lighting a cigarette or rolling over and looking for your um your underpants wherever you're whatever um it, it, that's the moment right that's the moment and to open it you just you, you 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 all your energy is sucked out of you all the all your physical viscera is gone um, and you've got nothing left. It, you can't open that particular track. And then two minutes to midnight. Now I don't mind. Um, in fact, it was one of the things I quite liked. I didn't mind two minutes to midnight after after rhyme. If you're going to do it, I would have preferred it before before uh, power before rhyme. But as I said, nothing really apart from power slave. Nothing really works. You need an epic before an epic. It's like a pseudo epic into a major epic, really. It's like I don't know. It's like reading a forward, a forward to a short story by, um, you know, written by 
Dickens and then the actual novel itself was written by um, James Joyce or something like, you know, one of those weird, like, I mean, they're different timelines, but you know what I mean, right? Um, And I think, I think that's it, isn't it? Let me just check. No, Back in the Village. Um, And then ends on Aces High. Back in the Village. Back in the Village is great. It's a great sing-along song, right? They're all good sing-along songs. No, and it's got that sort of really fast um, pace to it. You sort of want it to... Pl- the thing about this album is there's no real moments where you rest. The only time you really rest is lost for words. Um, and then it ends with Aces High. I mean, brilliant. If you didn't have Rhyme with the Ancient Mariner, ending this album, starting this album with Two Minutes of Midnight and ending with Aces High, wow. You'd still have a solid gold classic. Um, but it didn't work. It, I, I, it took ages to get a shuffle that I liked. That was as best as I could get. The worst, as I said, was opening Rhyme and Nature Mariner. Just crazy, crazy, crazy. Sorry, guys, I'm some more tea. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of interested to see how you guys feel about about this. Um, it's, again, an album that's sort of very, 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 very important to me and to a lot of people. And I don't know... And to the band, I'd say as well. It'd be interesting to see what bands think. I mean, technically, when they play an album live, they don't play it in running order, do they? They'll play it out of, if they're doing the whole album for the show. It's shuffled between other songs. But you wouldn't start like Maiden wouldn't come on and start the set with Rhyme and the Ancient Mariner because they'd be they'd be, be a pardon my French, they'd be fucked by the end of it, wouldn't they? I mean, it's a lot of energy, thirteen and a half minutes, whatever it is, long and. You know, and it's epic. You you want to you want to get you want to build your energies in the, in the room and in the and in the set. And I think that's again, of course, let's, let's talk about that. Let's, on a nice side note, you know, uh, in a more sort of hippie wanky way. Think about the energies of the album. Think about the the emotions within each song within the album. If you're a band that writes songs. Uh, who have lots of songs that generally sort of have the same kind of theme. I mean, thinking of Stephen Wilson, I'm thinking of Dream Theater, I'm thinking of Iron Maiden, yeah, I'm also thinking, you know, Slayer and, and things like that. If you're thinking, if your band's like that, when you write your album, surely each energy from each song sort of feeds into the next one. I mean, a good example is the last Venom Inc. album, There's Only Black. I reviewed it. Um, it and on reflection, you know, I could have done a better review because I didn't have the lyrics at the time. And it was, I just didn't just got a copy of it. I hadn't got a copy yet, but that album is energy after energy after energy and it's darker and it's darker and it's heavier and it's darker and it takes you to this sub of, sump of this sort of belly of the beast, um, sort of, you know. And I don't know whether if you were to change the way it run where it would be as as impactful as it is at the moment so my third album i chose killing jokes first album from 1982 killing joke um if you don't know the band um they are they are they are by, by far one of the most influential bands in the history of music of modern music so um and I know people they're going to look and rolling their eyes at me and go, no, oh, but don't you mean Pink Floyd and don't you mean the Beatles? I don't mean that era. I'm talking about, I'm sort of saying 77 onwards. So the punk, from the punk, flames of the punk it, movement became a lot of subgenres. And uh, Killing Joke were, um, they sort of, they were a genre of their own. You know, they they embraced dub, they embraced um, punk, they embraced heavy rock, they embraced um, a sort of bastardized blues slash jazz, um, orchestral music, electronic music, um, and they're one of the most amazing bands live ever. I, You go and see them, and I've seen them several times, you almost feel like you're in a trance. I mean, it's, again, that sounds wanky, uh, but it, I have come away from a killing joke gig and gone, what the fuck happened there? Where did two hours of my life go? Um, and and I, 
and it's a wonderful thing. That's it's not. A, I'm not complaining about that at all. They, that's just an amazing thing they do, and their first album. Um, this isn't their first recording release. They released "Turn to Red" an each an EP um, before then. Uh, this is their first album, um, their first full length album, um, and subsequently they've had many, 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 many albums, and they've influenced many, many, many people. Um, Ministry, Nine Inch Nails. I mean, oh, God, Metallica. Cause they covered the weight. Uh, that's on this album um and i've sort of always considered this album as um i don't know sacrilege sacrosanct is probably the right word it's i was gonna do never mind the bollocks but sex pistols but that the way that they make their music is designed to be cut up, thrown away and rolled around and I don't know whether a shuffle would make me feel any different to the album itself. Um, anyway, I'll give you the running running um, order of Killing Joke's Killing Joke uh, if you're interested so you can do it yourself. Uh, Requiem, this is the 2005 remaster by the way. Requiem, War Dance, Tomorrow's World, Blood Sport, The Weight, Complications, SO36, Primitive, change okay um now if any of those that are au fait with this album and if you're not put it on and live a listen because you, you bloody well do yourself a favor um if you're not fa- au fait with this album any of those are, are would understand how it um ebbs and flows in a way that's unlike any other album so it's like you know you open up with requiem and it's this this Distorted, um, electronic uh, bastardization of a, I think it's an E over A. I'm not sure. It, it's very, very um, monochrome. It's monochrome. That's what it is. It's monochrome. It's, it's very black and white. It's very stark. Okay. Um, it it uh, jazz is vitriolly spitting out the words and Geordie's. Uh, one of the greatest guitarists who ever lived, you know, doesn't play a guitar solo, but my God, he is, he is unbelievably heavy and, and distorted and beautiful. And then you've got youth, you know, um, uh, with his dub reggae beats. He was a friend of John, of Sid Vicious. They were all together, you know, and he's, he's one of the most gifted producers in the world. He's worked with the Orb and all that sort of stuff. He's just, you know, amazing um, as a producer. And then you've got Big Paul Ferguson on the drums absolutely smacking the shit out of it. Um, and they were known for doing ritualistic um, rituals, right? Where they, were, they would do rituals before shows and during shows and, and they would, you know, um, do incantations and they're very spiritual people uh, bringing about. I mean, they, they at one point thought the end of the world was coming and they all went to Iceland. And it's in the mid-80s. Um, anyway, Brilliant band, search them out. If you don't know them, listen to them. Brilliant, the whole catalogue. Brilliant. Okay, so the the shuffle I did. I started off with complications. Now, this album. So this is the winner for me. This is the winner. I didn't think that this monochronal monolith of an album, this this giant of atonal dub-ridden electronic noise um, could move in me in any other way than the way it normally does. But this one did. Okay? This one did. It was like... It, I don't feel like crying. It was I, It was like... Um, I really mean it, guys. I'm, I'm quite teary now thinking about it, actually. Because um, this... Killing Joke came to my life uh, at a time when I was really needed it. Um, so I was like 15... And um, and I was really unhappy with. I mean, just give background. I'm really unhappy with with my family situation. A girlfriend I had was really not working out well. Um, I was sort of. I was about to leave school. I didn't know where I was going. Um, you know, I didn't have a strong enough education behind me. Um, uh, when I, you know, when I think about it, and so. 
I was at a gig. Uh, I got. I went to see a, a band called Ruptured Dog. Uh, if you're listening, guys, gotta love you guys. Um, Tony Mame and uh, Doug Dog, and they were a punk band, a three-piece punk band. And I was talking to one of the, the guitarist um, uh, wives because I did a little bit of help. I did a bit of roading for them for a little while as well. But I talked to their wives and. And I was saying, oh, you know, I've done it. And he, she goes, you should listen to Killing Joke. The Killing Joke will, um, that will get you moving. And um, I, you know, this is before the internet, of course. So I went home, um, scrounged a couple of quid from my brother, walked down to the local second-hand record shop, shop and bought this album. In fact, it didn't have a cover at the time. I bought it without a cover. Just got the record on its own, the paper sleeve. Um, and... To say that it was a, a moment that would change my life, and I, and I say it a lot, but it really fucking did, guys. It really did. And so putting this album on and getting, you know, thinking again, I was quite worried. How's this going to turn out? How's this going to? Is it going to ruin it? Am I going to? But I had a semi-religious experience with this thing playing. Um, I shoveled it about four or five times. This one. Uh, which is no mean feat when you think the album itself runs at 55 minutes. So most of my day was spent listening to this album. Um, and so it went, complications. I, I'm not going to explain each song on this album because this one's a bit more complicated than, than I'd like to. It's a whole different album, a different show for this one. But this is to say that there is each particular song can be in any order um i really think so i thought how could I, this album not open with requiem which was a single and then war dance which was a single which is like war dance is like punk's um version of war pigs i know it's the same word but i'm not using that it genuinely is the most recognizable post-punk track of them all i think and um I thought, how can you not open with Requiem and War Dance? And often I find this album, and to be honest, I, this is be truthful, I think that they open with the two strongest tracks that are more, the most accessible tracks because whoever's bought the album may have only bought the single War Dance. They don't want to scare them with The Weight or Bloodsport or, or the amazing bass line in Tomorrow's World or even the 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 um, jazz's plaintive... Um, you know, vocal line in primitive. Certainly not the really um, obtuse um, keyboards of of the, of, cha- of change. Um, I think that's probably why they did it. But now, when I'd shuffled it, um, yeah, and I got open with Tomorrow's World, and then I went primitive. I mean, because I know this album, this didn't affect me. I think if it was just new to it, it would probably affect me. Then I went Change. That's a brilliant piece of dub. Oh, my God. I love reggae, by the way, guys. You know that. Um, I actually like a lot of dub as well. And this this is like a crossover piece of music that is so intense, okay? And then The Weight. Of course, people know the Metallica's version of The Weight, Um I know people that didn't know that Metallica wrote The Weight. Uh, thought Metallica wrote The Weight. Um, you can see why Killing Joke were influenced by them. Uh, I think even in fact the whole of... A lot of the New Album bands were influenced by Killing Joke. They won't admit to it. Uh, they think... I think or Sonically they probably were somewhere or another. And then Bloodsport. Again, brilliant bass. You know, um, youth. Martin Glover. He, at, at his best, I reckon, in this track. And And... To be brutally honest, you know, um, Big Paul Ferguson, I mean, how he's not put these sticks for the skins on this one, you know. And then Requiem. Um, and I really love Jazz's vocal on Requiem. I met, I had once spent a good afternoon drinking with Jazz Coleman's uncle in Notting Hill one afternoon. Um, a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of fun. Um, I just... Yeah, this album, this was this was the win. This is the win for me, guys. I hope that when you shuffle your three albums, if you do three albums, you're brave enough. Do one you know that 
you feel couldn't be possibly shuffled do one that possibly could and one that you really feel that might benefit difficult to pick but truly killing jokes i've i've actually wrote i've written it down in my diary this particular shuffle lineup and i'm going to edit it so i can play it that way again in the future because i won't remember it was really joyous really really joyous really opened my eyes really changed i I, yeah um it was just like seeing i don't know i don't know it was it was just weird and i and i and i don't know what it was the whether it was the what i was doing because i was at one point i was cooking dinner um and i sort of it was i thought hang on am i am i what am i getting this is what i'm hearing this and then i wrote them all down and i shuffled it and i didn't quite like it i shuffled it and was like okay and I've, i didn't get the alchemy that i got from that first shuffle um but subsequently it was still beautiful still interesting but the, something about that particular one it was like they must have been looking down at me and gone you know that's the way to go i remember seeing judas priest on their nostradamus tour sydney at the sydney uh, the ace arena um and i had made a um a mixed tape mixed cd for the car on the way up that was um that was um all like my favorite priest songs you know and it was like eat me alive um, hellbent for leather all that stuff and then god i'm not i'm not lying that i said to dave oh, i wonder what they're gonna play he said oh they'll, they'll play this they'll play that whatever right and they played before they played the whole of nostradamus they played almost track for track my mixtape my mix cd and i looked at dave i said if they play eat me alive next i'm gonna freak out and bugger me they played eat me alive next and it was just weird it was like a psychic psychic moment right and that was a great experience as well but that aside so what i'm saying is sometimes when you shuffle these albums it works sometimes it's an abomination unto the lord sometimes it makes no different difference whatsoever it is a generational thing i think the youngsters wouldn't care because they've they've been raised with the ability to do so through itunes and spotify and cd players you couldn't do it with a record deck because you the effort of moving them around you just let it play through to some extent the same with cassettes because there's a lot of effort otherwise okay but i do encourage you to see if you have my moment see if you have my moment of joy my moment of dread and see what you get out of it i'd love to hear what albums you chose and how you felt do come and chat with me or and at um and message me at heavy metal tones uh, facebook page it's just heavy metal tones you can find me easily the link will be in my description below um Come and look me, like I said, come and find me on TikTok. And I've only got two videos at the moment, but, uh, you know, come and like those and see if we can expand our audience a bit more. It's growing hugely in America, which is, I'm very thankful for, guys. I really, really am. Um, nice and steady in Australia. It's growing in Europe, which is really good as well, particularly in the UK, which chuffs me a little bit being a, an expat. Um, but hey, let's see if we can reach out to more people if you enjoy this old man's ramblings um that's enough for me now for this week um go off and enjoy your shuffle madness keep safe keep rocking and we'll chat next week guys bye for now Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 